This is the Yorkshire Businesswoman podcast. Supporting, inspiring and promoting women in business. Hello and welcome to the brand new series of the Yorkshire Businesswoman podcast. My name is Clemmie Crowther and I will be the host for the upcoming season. I am so excited to be here at the Distorted Studios in Leeds today filming our first episode of the series. And today I'm delighted to have with us Frida Shaffey, who is a proud member of the Yorkshire Businesswoman in the creative industry. Okay, so today I am joined by advocate for all things Yorkshire, keen member of the Yorkshire businesswoman, artist and creative industry professional, the lovely Frida Shaffer. Hello, Frida. Hi, Clem. How are you doing? Thank you for that lovely introduction. I'm doing very well, thank you. Great stuff. Lovely to have you here today. I'm so excited. We met recently, didn't we, at a Yorkshire Businesswoman event? We did indeed. And and we just naturally clicked. Absolutely. So today I'm just going to ask you a few questions about yourself and about your career and how you got to where you are today. So the first question, can you just tell me a little bit about your background and about who you are and what your current position is? As I said, I'm Frida Shafi and I have been working in the cultural and creative industries for over 25 years now. Mm. I started as an artist, I actually qualified as an artist and from there I evolved into working with the creative industries Mm. and galleries, museums, everything associated with uh, engaging with diversity Mm. and I use the word evolve because it's a natural art is a very natural conduit Mm. to evolve into several different professions. And that's what I've done, really. Mm. I've moved in the cultural industries as an artist, as somebody who engages with the media. And currently I wear a few hats in the food industry. Mm. I do a lot around food, photography, photographing and styling food but also have been called in to do some guest chef appearances from time to time amazing um, as a member of the Yorkshire businesswoman I write a column Mm. for the businesswoman and a few other food columns as well amazing and I follow you on Instagram and I see all your yummy dishes that you create and I think lovely yummy (laughs) they all look so perfect (laughs) I think A lot of it is choreographed, so I won't lie. It does not present like that when it's at the table (laughs) and certainly not on my my plate, but uh, for the purposes of food styling Mm. and uh, engaging with an audience to say everybody Mm. can do this. And I think that's really key to what I do. It's all Mm. about accessibility. It's making sure nobody feels afraid of cooking. Mm. I created a soup yesterday in 10 minutes Mm. and... uh, the common, the, the, the actual engagement was, wow, I didn't know it was so easy. Mm. And that's what I love to see. I love yeah. to see people feeling comfortable and confident that they can do exactly what I do. Mm. Absolutely. And it's quite a unique sort of area to get into. How did it all start? Did you always have this passion or did you just sort of fall into the area that you are in? As a young child, we didn't have very much growing up um, mm. in the way of... Uh, devices and media so we did what most children of our era did we played out Mm. and we had very few things in the way of toys and resources so Mm. we would invent things and with my inventive head I was always one piece of chalk could have kept me occupied for days (laughs) so I drew and uh, 
one of the best pieces of advice ever given to me from one of my art teachers was just draw on any surface mm. and to my mum's dismay I did just that <laughs> um, but jokes aside I would draw at every opportunity I could get and realized it was just my natural mm. calling really yeah, the arts yeah. and creativity and it was nurtured by the school they always mm. um, recognized that right. I had a passion for it and mm. a talent for it mm. which came from practice really it yeah. wasn't you know I think when you have a natural ability to do something mm. or a propensity in a certain direction when it's encouraged you can really nurture that skill mm. so I was encouraged into the arts and I went one of the first of my generation in my family the youngest of five I was the first to go to art college wow. actually to university mm. art college then university so I took it from there Clem amazing that brings me on to my next question about um university but just just on that uh, what you just said then about it is so unique and that's what I love about art. There's no sort of rule book to it. Yeah. It is your, you know, your thoughts, your feelings, your, you can create something so unique and special to you. Um, yeah, no, it's great. So the next question then, just going back onto college and university. So you just mentioned that you attended university and higher education. And if so, what, what university was that and which course did you study? I studied initially, after I'd done my A-levels, uh, arts are an interesting mm. uh, discipline to go down because mm. there's always a pre-university course, it's called yeah. a foundation course, mm. to determine what your speciality is or where your passion lies. Mm -hmm. I did a foundation at Bradford College yeah. and I realised I really loved painting mm. and I was going towards sculpture as well. So I kind of, that was very definitive, the, the foundation course. And from there, I got a place at two universities. One was actually Leeds Poly, mm. and then the other one was Leeds Uni. Leeds Uni was situated on the M1, believe it or not. It was Bretton Hall College, mm. and that was a two-hour trek. Wow. So the path of least resistance would have been Leeds Poly mm. but uh, I took my mum with me to an open day at Bretton Hall and she insisted I go there ah. <laughs> even though it was an extra hour commute mm. and I did commute during my college year yeah. so two hours each way wow is, is that something that would be done today <laughs> a commitment something absolutely I, something I do re recount to my children daily mm. about how lucky they are to yeah absolutely <laughs> to be driven two miles yeah. up the road <laughs> two hours was commitment so mm. I went Went to, I went to Bretton Hall mm. and it was the University of Leeds. Amazing. And it, of course, obviously paid off to this day. And university life after university, what did you do then? What was your sort of first job in the industry? Well, after university, I got one of probably the biggest roles that I felt was a bit too big for me. Mm. I was, I mean, when you commute two hours each way, yeah. that's dedication. Absolutely. So I would make sure I was there at nine mm. and I would leave at five. Mm. My lecturers saw my dedication and my diligence mm. and I was very hardworking. Mm. You know, I made the most of that time. So my first job is I was recruited as a lecturer. Oh, wow. <laughs> at the university Amazing. I graduated from. At the time, I was only very young. Mm. I was 24. Yeah. And there were a lot of mature students. Mm. And as much as I absolutely loved the role yeah. and felt very natural in mm. it, I felt almost that it was a bit too big for me. And there right. were other things I really wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. 
I did do my master's, by the way, before mm-hmm. I got the job as the, uh, the lecturer. Right, yeah. And that was in London. So uh, So what did you do? What was that master's in? Again, I was, I, I don't want to keep using the word lucky because mm-hmm. I think I engineered it a yeah, certain absolutely. way. And because of my hard work and diligence, um, again, unheard of in my generation, mm-hmm. but I won a scholarship to... Wow probably one of the best art colleges mm. in England if and Absolutely. very renowned across the world. It was Central St. Martin's. Oh, wow. Um, I don't think my mum would have been able to afford me to go to yeah. there, but mm. having won the scholarship, mm. it was a fabulous opportunity. And again, I grabbed it with both hands. So mm. I did my master's, fine art and art theory. And I have to say the art theory was something I really engaged in mm. and, uh, explored to the nth degree and people underestimate the arts they think it's you know maybe a little bit fluffy yeah it's absolutely not I saw it as a science Mm. I saw it as a way of exploring the world um in a scientific way Mm. I understood maths Mm. a lot better for it I understood the faculties of how we view the world from our vantage point, how we look, how we explore space. Mm. So I became a site-specific installation artist. Wow, amazing. <laughs> so when you'd moved from London back up to Yorkshire, how long were you when, How long were you lecturing for and what did you do once you'd moved on from your lecturing? I lectured for about a year at Bretton mm. Hall, Yeah, the, the, the college where I'd graduated. I absolutely loved it, um, but... I was there for a year and then naturally moved into um, other spaces that were opening up. It was the early 90s and digital media, the Mm. internet was on the rise and my generation (laughs) way ahead of you (laughs) in in age. So um, it was called the... um, it was called the information superhighway and we were all intrigued by this superhighway thing. (laughs) So I kind of learnt it from scratch and explored media Mm. I worked with Bradford University Mm. I got a job at Bradford University and worked in um again it was creative and cultural industries raised money to do work with disenfranchised communities and that's something that I haven't mentioned but it's very very pertinent to my whole ethic Mm. is engaging with underrepresentation, and I've been doing it for over 25 years Mm. so it's not because it's a hot topic and you know we're looking at diversity it's Mm. been going on a very very long time Mm. and I think my generation were probably the first to engage with the, the fact that there is a lack of people from diverse backgrounds Mm. and we're not just talking color we're talking levels of ability yeah we are talking um financial Mm. backgrounds as well employment low employment Mm. communities anything that disenfranchises a community Mm. is a barrier to access for me so my passion was about engaging with people who would not ordinarily engage in arts and Mm -hmm. creative industries and there was pockets of funding where I would um, write projects for young people who had fallen off the school system Mm. and engage them in creative projects but I'd always make sure I was doing something that was relevant to them Mm. so I would ask them what they wanted to do and we did so many fun projects around making films making music Mm. um, making the most of mobile phone technology as well so uh, it was a, a brilliant time, mm. 90s, late 90s and yeah. 2000. And I think over the years, it has been something that arts and the creative industry, it's now becoming 
it is becoming a trend in the future. You know, there's so much you can you can do with it. And, you know, there's so many like groups and so many um things in the community you can get involved with from anything from art classes to even putting on events and you know big things like Absolutely. that there's it's just such a there's such a big variety of Definitely. things to get involved with nowadays isn't there? Uh, and again I, I will use the word again I keep repeating mm. it but it's a natural conduit to yeah. engage people to mm. get people talking breaking down barriers in communities mm. I worked with the Joseph Roundtree Foundation they yeah. had a huge pot of money um, in, the, in about 2008 yeah. it's five million pounds actually mm. that they dedicated to working with social inclusion in Bradford I was given the role as uh, coordinating cultural events and yeah. um, supporting events that did just that broke down barriers mm engaged people in areas of the industry that would never ordinarily have an opportunity yeah. to do so mm. we saw some brilliant um filmmaking projects mm. with women from the pakistani community yeah. right through to projects working with young men mm. in um, various parts of bradford again mm. that were seen as deprived so we did some brilliant work um, mm. across the whole of Bradford, actually. Mm. And I think Bradford Literature Festival is a big one now, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And um, just on sort of your current position, can you tell me a little bit about what you're currently doing? I know you, when we were speaking before, you say you, you wear various hats at the moment. Um, so I just want to talk to me a little bit about what you're currently up to. Definitely. Well, a life-changing move in 2009. <laughs> Let's fast forward. A life-changing move to 2009 to live in Australia. Wow. Yes. I was there for 10 years. Mm. So I tried to reinvent myself in yeah. the arts, in the media, in the cultural sector out there. So mm. there was a lot of knocking on doors that yeah. went on. In um, so We started on the Sunshine Coast, actually, which the closest city mm -hmm. is Brisbane. Yeah. So that was the East Coast. So I knocked on several doors in the arts mm. sector. Very, very hard to break in yeah. to a new country mm -hmm. and a new community. So... Mm. Um, Within a few months, actually, I fell pregnant. So then that put a stop to my work for a short time because yeah. it was my first child. So I dedicated a lot of time to raising my first child, but then I couldn't sit still. There, had, there was a passion there. I had to be doing something creative and living in a community that was not familiar with Indian food. Mm, right. I'm Pakistani. My origin, my ethnic origin is Pakistani. Yeah. And the food that we've made all my life actually was mm. Indian Pakistani from the Indian subcontinent. That's mm. where my mum grew up. So she passed on all her skills. That's my second passion. Mm. So I drew on my second passion <laughs> and started to cook and noticed that the neighbours were knocking on the door when mm. certain aromas were wafting mm. in their direction. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I would hear, so that's definitely not the shrimp on the barbie. Yeah. <laughs> Young lady, what is it? So then I would tell them that, well, this is actually Indian food, this mm. Pakistani food. Yeah. This is my cultural heritage, to which they were very intrigued. Mm. And there started my second passion and, Amazing. I suppose, vocation in life. Mm. So very interesting and very important for me to say that I would never limit myself to one discipline. So yeah. whilst I'm an artist, um, 
look inside at whatever other skill set you have. Mm. We grew up in an age where, again, there weren't that many devices. There wasn't that much in the way of resources that we have today. So we grew up, we were in an era where cooking was all from scratch. Everything was we did was from scratch. Mum taught the skills of sewing, knitting, making food from scratch, painting, drawing. <laughs> we were... We were polymaths. Mm. We had lots of skills at our disposal. So I try and instill that in my children and mm. the next generation. So passion, uh, passions will come, you know, in various forms. Going back to my story, I started to create food and I was encouraged to create a little blog which I did, which kind of exploded. And oh. there was lots of people in Australia interested in my culinary mm. heritage, which is very diverse. My parents are from the Indian subcontinent, so it's an Indian and Pakistani yeah. palate, so I can cross into various different culinary regions easily. And that's mm. something my mum gave me. So mm. there grew Frida Shafi Spice It Up. That's my Instagram page where I create food from scratch daily. I see that as an art as well. Mm. And I love following you. Thank you. <laughs> I love following you. All your behind the scenes and all the <laughs> yummy dishes. You'll have to teach me one day. <laughs> I'll have to get, you have to get me in your kitchen. But I try and do that in the stories and the highlights. I try and yeah. document everything from mm. scratch. Yeah. Really. And um, from that, my food columns and working with the Yorkshire Businesswoman yeah. and various other publications. Mm -hmm. And it feels like it has a cascading effect. Absolutely. And I think because I am very passionate, mm. it doesn't matter what age you are. It yeah. really doesn't. If you're, if you love doing what you're doing, mm -hmm. then it's very hard to contain your passions yeah. and channel them into things that you absolutely love. And even bigger bonus is when you get recognized for them as mm, well. Definitely. Given the opportunities. And I do work hard for them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We were chatting earlier and you've got something very exciting up your sleeve, haven't you, um, that you've been working on. Um, so I'll talk about the pandemic. So it was difficult for everybody, um, but for you, something grew. Do you want to explain to us a little bit about your upcoming project that you've got? I will. I've been sitting on a secret for quite some <laughs> years, actually, and I'd say it's pre-pandemic. Pandemic crystallised it. Right. It enabled so many people to sit and contemplate and give them the space mm. to evaluate and create. Yeah. So you saw a rise in a number of businesses from home. Mm, <laughs> you saw a rise in a number of books and things that people would never be given that um, good fortune of having time and time yeah. is such a precious thing. Definitely. So I've been carrying something around with me for decades, actually. So it came to fruition during the pandemic because I actually sat down and wrote it. And therein lies the uh, the <laughs> a little clue. I wrote a book. Wow. So I've written a book, which is due to be released. We're looking at autumn and I sent it to many publishers, as mm. you do. And do not ever be disheartened by a number of no's before you get the yes. Yeah. And I did get a yes from a fabulous publishing company mm -hmm. based in York, Fisher King, Amazing. who had faith in me to publish my book and my writings and interestingly enough you'll be very surprised to learn that it's a novel amazing <laughs> you would think it was either an art book or yeah. a recipe book you would <laughs> but it is actually a novel and mm. it's a novel with recipes mm. and another surprises there is no photography oh and a complete paradox to everything I do in the arts industry <laughs> a novel with recipes and no photography <laughs> wow 
I'm really looking forward to uh, to to hearing all about that and to uh, looking at look, watching your Instagram and seeing thank you seeing all your sneak previews. I will be giving little jewels and snippets away here and there. But yes, I'm very excited, and mm. I'll only be giving a certain amount away today. I'm afraid, but yes, yeah. I'm excited. It's a novel that um, I'll give you a little bit. It pertains to life in the 70s mm-hmm. and how um, I believe that we are coming full circle in many ways. Yeah. The industries, the cottage industry is making things from scratch. It was second nature to mm. us. We grew up everything, you know, mum would take an old chair and make a Chesterfield out of it. Yeah. <laughs> it was, and now you see that on Instagram. You see people refashioning, yeah. remodeling things mm. from scratch. Um, there was also the strikes of the 70s. Yeah. There was the power cuts of the 70s. Mm. Having lived through that and come through relatively unscathed, mm. I feel that, you know, we, ha- we have a certain level of adeptness, if that's the right word. Mm. Um, but I wanted to crystallise certain things about life back then and how relevant it is now a lot of people will wonder what the relevance is but I think it will reach quite a big audience actually Mm, a lot of people will identify with it from whatever age group you are Mm -hmm. and background as well Mm, fantastic and it's a comedy oh (laughs) I thought I'd throw that in as well (laughs) because you have to really laugh yeah yeah (laughs) just on that Apart from your um, novel, what else have you got in the pipeline, Frida? Well, there are other aspects of the novel, which, again, I have to sit on those as a secret at the moment because they haven't quite come to fruition and uh, I will talk about them when the time is right. Mm. But uh, with me being a very visual person, there are very there's a lot of strands to this novel and I see it going into various other media mm. and let's just leave it there. Oh. I'm happy with my columns. I'm happy yeah. with writing. I love writing. And I think I discovered a passion for creative writing actually during lockdown, yeah. as many of us did, mm. um, juggling our homes and yeah. bringing the children up. You know, mm. I think we really reached in and looked at ourselves and, you know, where our passions Definitely. lie. Yeah. And I'm seeing that a lot with, with my industry, you know, a lot of my industry friends have gone freelance or, you know, a lot of people are having that sort of other job where it's their hobby that they now bring into life, you know, like creative things like creating, um, greetings cards to people having their own bakery business, you know, on the side, it's, it definitely did give you that sort of wake up to what is, you know, what do I want? And all for a side hustle. Yes, absolutely. Hustle, hustle Mm. and a profession. Why not? Yeah, why not? (laughs) <laughs> definitely and you've certainly taught me that Frida since since we met you've you all you always say to me keep going keep going thank you, you well that's know. an honor that you say that Clem because <laughs> I am very inspired by you oh. so I actually feel honored that you've even oh, made a reference you. to that but yeah. uh, I'd like to think that being the age I am I can impart mm-hmm. nuggets Mm-hmm. of experience yeah. to your generation and my children's generation mm-hmm. and I really do hope that, mm. you know, they, they kind of take it on and appropriate it in their own ways. Mm. Because even whatever generation you are, I think it's incredible mm. what you've got at your fingertips now. Mm. Yeah. I do not see it as an encumbrance. I do not see media as an encumbrance. I don't even see social media mm. as an encumbrance. I feel that it's so creative. Mm. Um, if it's if There is detrimental sides and dark sides to it, obviously, with regards to, you know, self-esteem and yeah. comparisons. 
being very mindful of that is very important. But once you have got a good handle on that, mm. it really is a fabulous opportunity to just reach yeah. any any possibilities. Mm. You know, you, I see some amazing film work going on on Instagram. Yeah, everybody's Steven Spielberg. Mm. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, well, and that's the thing. Like you say, the opportunities from these social media, from Instagram, they're endless. You know, you can contact anybody that you want to nowadays on on Instagram by just dropping a simple DM, and exactly. you never know where that might lead. And yeah, keeping up those relationships, you never Absolutely. know who's watching you. Definitely, yeah. all you need to do is. Uh, tag somebody who you absolutely love mm. and if they are somebody that is high profile yeah. in the media in the spotlight and they see you and they recognize mm. you it's it is a buzz it yeah, really definitely. is and i'll just ask you one more question before i ask a couple of questions about yorkshire and um, so what advice would you give your younger self i always say i have no regrets mm. whatever my path and my journey was to get to where i am today that was the path yeah, And there are things I would do differently. I probably would be more confident mm -hmm. and maybe see things with a bit more clarity. Yeah, There was a point definitely in the arts industry where it was a bit fuzzy mm -hmm. and, you know, there was, um, it wasn't as definitive as mm -hmm. I may have wanted it to be. But just having the confidence to know that even in a very fluid discipline, having that uh, focus was very, very important. Mm. And maybe just going back and saying to myself, you're on the right path, just keep going, mm. just keep exploring and pushing. Um, in terms of where I am today, I would not ever try to redesign that because I am where I am and I embrace every opportunity mm. that's been given to me. Definitely. And I think it's so important to reflect as well into and think, well, without that opportunity that I had last year or even five years ago, I wouldn't be where, I wouldn't be where I am now. And like you say, it's all that sort of plan. It's all that stepping stone to get to the next opportunity. And, you know, without having the previous job, I wouldn't have met this person and this person that then has now led me on to this. You know, it's all a stepping stone, isn't it? I agree. And a very wise woman once said to me, mm. Sometimes even if your paths cross, mm. even for an instant with somebody, yeah. you will never know what opportunity has been bestowed in that one minute transaction mm. of a conversation. Mm. A seed may have been planted in your head mm. to take you in a different journey on your life path. Yeah. So never underestimate these these very, very, uh, what would, would the word be for it, but just transient moments with yeah. strangers. A hundred percent. You never know who's watching you as well. <laughs> so now the last part of the conversation, just a couple of questions about Yorkshire. So I'm going to ask you, Frida, what is your favourite part of Yorkshire and why? Put I'm, you on the spot there. I am a Shipley girl, mm. born and bred in Shipley. So I absolutely love Shipley and I think Shipley is very, very underrated. Yeah. Um, I did a lot of research into the history of Shipley. It actually mm. translates as sheep on the lee. Oh. The lees are usually hills mm. and pastoral scenes. So um, it was a grazing, a grazing ground, I guess, for mm. sheep and cattle going yeah. back in history. It's very green. It's beautiful. Where we grew up, we could see the whole of the Air Valley mm. from Ilkley Moor right through to the top of Yeadon. Wow. So I would look at that daily and be inspired by the beauty of Yorkshire and Shipley mm. and um, Shipley Glen and all of the uh, the natural beauty of Shipley, but also 
the town centre, which seems to have kind of decayed a little bit, but it has a very rustic charm. Mm. And I really do hope that uh, now that Bradford has a city of culture, something will be invested in uh, Mm. reinventing Shipley and putting it back on the map Mm. because it does date back hundreds and hundreds of years. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if it was mentioned in the Doomsday book. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. And which Yorkshire businesswoman do you most admire and why? Oh, my goodness. Now that's putting me (laughs) on the spot. Um, There are several. Mm. There are several. I absolutely loved and adored the late Kay Mellor. Everything that she represented um, in terms of working in an industry that was very male dominated Mm. there were several barriers to access Mm. which she smashed through those barriers she engaged Mm. she continues her legacy lives on through the work that she has done Mm. and set in stone and paved the way for women of my generation and your generation Mm. Clem and um, many more to come and I think she was a trailblazer. Yeah. And I really admire her for so many reasons. Mm. The late Kay Mella. Oh, bless. Absolutely. She's left such a legacy, hasn't she? Definitely. Yeah. Mm. Just one more, because I love these Yorkshire questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what would you say your perfect day out in Yorkshire would be? So my perfect day out in Yorkshire would be to take a lovely picnic with my children and I would try and recreate a scene from my past actually where my mum would give us a packed lunch and we'd all walk to the park and we would open our packed lunches and back then it was only white bread unfortunately Mm. but I would take a seeded loaf or a sourdough (laughs) bread and in it I would put like an onion bhaji. Mm. I don't know if you know about an onion bhaji. Mm. It's one of the tastiest oh, street is. food snacks. Mm. Sandwich it between two slices of bread with a big dollop of ketchup and oh. chutney <laughs> and Bob's your uncle. <laughs> you will never go back. So I would happily sit in a park with my children yeah. on swings mm. and just doing very, very rustic things that don't involve anything digital, running, playing, storytelling my children love stories they love stories of me growing up Mm. I have them in stitches (laughs) and we'd be sat there eating pakora sandwiches sipping on hot tea Mm. and watching the sun go down oh that sounds perfect (laughs) and it is the smallest simplest things that can really no phones no technology and you just sometimes need that that you know this is, it's just a simple things that can really... Nature is a leveller. Yeah. It brings everybody back down to the same plane. Mm. We're all the same in nature. Definitely. Well, Frida, it's been absolutely fantastic to chat to you today. Thank, thank you, you so much you are for very coming welcome. on our podcast. Well, thank you for the opportunity. It's been an honour, Clem. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us and don't forget to subscribe. Yorkshire Businesswoman is a membership network that supports and inspires businesswomen from small independents to large corporates within Yorkshire. Yorkshire Businesswoman exists to support, inspire and promote businesswomen from across the region. And it offers a premium print and digital publication, in-person, inclusive networking, social support and of course this podcast which is open to both members and to guests as well. And to join us or to find out more, visit our website on 
yorkshirebusinesswoman.co.uk or find us on Instagram or LinkedIn. This is the Yorkshire Businesswoman podcast. This podcast was produced by This Is Distorted.